gentle light that falls around me You're the first thought on my mind And there are voices rise All creation cries
welcome to Super Bowl Sunday at Cap City Church. Even though we're wearing blue and gold, we're rooting for the Bengals. All right, good morning, Cap City. Let's all stand and worship together.
song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Jesus, the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever save Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you, oh, we live for you And holy, there is no one like you there is none beside you Open up my eyes in wonder And show me who you are And fill me with your heart And lead me in your love to those around me Worthy of every song we could ever sing
no one like you There is none beside you Open up my eyes in wonder And show me who you are And fill me with your heart And lead me in your love to those around me
say something here and I want if we can could we go back and sing that second verse that king of endless worth and, and, and let me just say something to you when we talk about worship there's all kinds of ideas that come and go and, but let me tell you what pleases God more than anything else in the world and that's when his people say I'm going to worship God today. I'm going to worship Him with my heart. I'm going to worship Him with everything that is inside of me. I am going to worship Him and tell Him, You are the King of endless work. Let me tell you what the devil hates. More than anything else we can do, the devil hates worship. I read somewhere that Lucifer was the worship leader in heaven. I don't know that I can say that that's for a fact. But when he fell, the thing that he despises more than anything on earth is when his people just sort of sit there and say, well, when are we going to get done with this so we can get on to the real part. No, I want you to know this is the real part. Amen, Pastor David. That's good preaching. And I want us to be free. It's okay if you want to raise your hands. It's okay. And I think this song is a, is a beautiful song because all throughout the world, we have different ideas and preferences about what worship is. If you're going to come tonight, we're going to sing some old songs for some of you that like old songs. But, amen, I know some are going to be happy for that. That's good. But today we're singing, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And I want us to sing from our heart. I want us to sing. I want us to tell God, I'm sorry for the thing I've made it. I'm sorry that I've just sort of 
shuffled my feet and looked down at my feet while, while worship is going on. I want to lift my head. I want to sing to God. I want to say, King of endless worth, no one could describe what you're worth. I bring more than a song. I bring my worship to you. Lead us with you, I pray. King of endless worth, no one could express Think of it. How, how much you deserve. How much does he deserve today? And though I'm weak and poor, we don't have much. All I have is yours. Amen. Is that Every single breath. Now let's sing it. I'll bring you more than a song. I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you have required. You require a heart of worship. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. And you're looking into my heart. opportunity to come together and worship you, God. I pray, God, that um, you'd be with us throughout this service, God. Thank you for your presence in this place. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Capital City Church. Please check out our bulletin and fill out the connection card inside with your contact information, prayer requests, and praises, and then drop it in the offering as the ushers are going by. If you have not yet checked out the ministry tables in the sanctuary, be sure to do so as this is the last Sunday they will be set up. It's Super Bowl Sunday. 
Be sure to come back tonight at 6 p.m. to watch the game and enjoy the chili cook-off. And we've got one more special announcement for you all. Congratulations to Kayla and Eric on their engagement! Thank you for supporting the ministries of Cap City Church. You can give online or by check or cash. See the back of the bulletin for more details. May God bless you and thank you for joining us here today at Capital City Church. Amen. Are you glad you're here today? Let's give God praise. The Bible says in Psalm 47, 1, Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout to the Lord. Amen. God, glory, like we think the Bengals just scored the winning touchdown. Amen. All right. Welcome to all of you online on Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, this is uh, a great day. Uh, today is Super Bowl Sunday, as you can see. Uh, cheerleaders, let's give them a hand. Aren't you gleeful for cheerleaders? I tell you what, it always blesses me when I'm around young people. Uh, you know, it just, uh, uh, it's sort of a memory of a day gone by, but it's nice to have you here. I want you to know that. And uh, for the worship team, let's give God glory for the worship team. They helped us today. And then uh, just for you being here, would you turn to somebody and just give them a high five and say, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. We are so glad all of you are here. Well, as I mentioned today, today is uh, Super Bowl Sunday, and we are glad that we're all here. I don't think there's any of us, and I, I'm going to take a little poll here. How many of you thought in August that the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow would be in the Super Bowl. Now, be honest. Ah, I see. One, two. That's good. Three. Okay. Four. Okay. Yeah. Well, I tell you what. You have more faith than me. And uh, I had no idea that the Bengals would be in this game. And however, there they are. And here we are. And uh, some of you uh, have your Bengals outfit on. Now, before this service is over, do we have any, besides the person that, that I'm thinking of, do we have any Rams fans in the crowd? Rams fans in the crowd. Well, I know we have one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're not on them. We have one. And we've given marshmallows out at the end of the service uh, because he snuck in. And uh, so you'll see that at the end of the service. And uh, I have to be honest, I'm talking to you today about confession and all of that sort of thing in, in 1 John 1. And here's the thing, I've never been a Bengals fan until today. I love Joe Burrow, amen. I love the Bengals, 
today. Amen. I noticed that Randy Smith isn't here today. I don't know where he could take it. I told him that we had passed out bingo shirts, and he, I said, is everybody happy? He said, no, I'm not happy. And I said, what's wrong? He said, I'm a Browns fan. And I said, <laughs> I said, I've been a Browns fan all my life, but they've never been to the Super Bowl. And so today I'm a Bengals fan. And uh, so uh, that's right. So anyway, well, last week, I began a new sermon series entitled The Greatest Love of All and the Joy of Experiencing and Expressing the Love of God. And this morning on this day, this, this is really going to be a good day. And be sure you take notes, and if you, and if you have your sermon notes, uh, and then all of you should have one of these. If you don't, uh, my wife will help you. Um, she didn't know she would, but she'll help you. She'll get more and, uh, and get, make sure we want everyone to have a steps to peace today. But we begin talking about experiencing the love of God. And we're going to look this morning, uh, if you want to turn to it, we're not ready to read yet, but if you will look to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. And we're going to look into this chapter. For you see, this chapter divides itself into two very easy parts. The first part of John chapter 1 is how he is talking about the fact that he and many others with him have experienced the love of Christ. And he talks about how his life was changed and talked about when he experienced the love of God, what happened in his life. The second half of the first chapter of the book of John talks about how you, can experience the love of God, his amazing grace, his transforming power, and make a difference in your life. So let's look first and, and talk about this first part of the chapter. And, and you see that um, John is expressing, and we'll read the verses in just a moment, that John is expressing how much he has experienced God's love in his life. Now, can I tell you something? It is very, very difficult to explain someone or to explain something to someone that you have not experienced. I remember when I was, we were taking the young people out to Arizona, and I was explaining to them about the Grand Canyon. I said, when you look in the Grand Canyon, it's going to take your breath. Yeah. Uh -huh. I mean, when you look there, you're, you're never going to see anything like it in your life. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember when some of them looked at it the first time they came out. Oh, wow. This is beyond anything you could explain. I said, I, I know. But you see, if I had read National Geographic, and said, you know, the Grand Canyon is really cool. Yeah. You know, I, I've never seen it. I've never really experienced it, but I just know because I read it in a book. It's going to be good. They'd yawn even more and say, yeah, yeah. Anyone here never taste apple pie? Anyone? 
God bless the Midwest. You know, that, uh, you know, we're all apple pilot. Can you imagine trying to describe the taste of apple pie to someone who had never experienced it? Oh, it's the best taste you've ever had in your mouth. There are apples, and there is syrup, and there is uh, wonderful, wonderful little crumbly things. And they'd say, I'm not eating that stuff, you know. It sounds terrible. Can you imagine? And I had this. Some of you remember the name of Joe Jordan, who uh, was part of the old Delray Church, the Jordan family for years. He was a, uh, an organ player, a piano player. He was absolutely uh, just, I mean, he was a great guy. Blind from birth. Never, ever saw. And one day at Beulah Grove Camp, my friend Terry Toller wrote a song for him. He said, Joe, I want you to sit right here, right in the front. And he said, Joe, I'm going to sing this song for you. And he said, I've never seen a sunset. I thought, how do you describe a sunset to someone who can't see? I've never seen an eagle fly. How do you describe an eagle flying to someone who's never seen. But then he went on to say in that chorus, the first thing I'll ever see is Jesus. And the first thing I'll ever see is his face. And if you know Joe, he was jumping up and down on his seat, you know, saying, praise God, the first thing I'll ever see is Jesus. So when John is saying, I want you to know, I have experienced his love. He is not talking about something secondhand. Let's look if we can. If you have a Bible or you want to read it on the screen, I'm going to read actually from John, 1 John chapter 1, and we're going to read down through verse 4, and this is the NLT, and we will read this. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you, notice again, what we ourselves have actually seen and heard. And what's the reason? So that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things to you so that you may fully share our joy. So John begins here, and he begins to identify who Christ is. Just, we're going to run through this real quick, but I want you to notice who he says that Christ is. Christ is the one who existed from the beginning. Not in the beginning, but from the beginning. I mean, whenever the beginning was, he was there. 
We had a Bible study the other evening, and we were talking about um, that someone said that, you know, as this new telescope gets closer and closer to certain things, they get closer to the Big Bang. And I said, you know what? I believe in the Big Bang. I do. Here's what I believe. God said, let there be light and bang. <laughs> there was a huge bang. And then we tried to talk about in the Bible study, well, what happens if, if we really don't believe God, there is a God, and, and are we ready for all those implications of life having no meaning? We're sim simply on a rock, hoping that we avoid a, some kind of a meteor. Your children mean nothing, you mean nothing, uh, no one means nothing, there is no standard of right and wrong except what people say there is, and, and so therefore we are just at the point where uh, we might as well live and do everything we can, because, I mean, one of these days either COVID or a rock or somebody's going to kill us. I don't want to live that way. I would rather believe that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and he created man out of the dust of the earth and male and female. He created them both and then he breathed into them and he became a living soul and there is a purpose for life and there is a purpose for God. I believe that and you say, well, I don't believe that. It's your choice, but I believe there is God and I believe in the beginning God. He was from the beginning, long before we ever knew. He is the word of life, John said. That means he is the word that came from the Father to speak to us about heavenly things. That's why they called him the word. Why would you call someone a word? Because he is the message from the Father to us about who he is. He is the one who is life. He has life in him. And I think it's so interesting that scientists are doing everything they can, but they have yet to make a rock live. Right? They have yet to make a, ch a chair live. They have yet to make something that's inanimate live. We can't find the secret of life. Let me tell you why. And let me tell you where it is. It is in the person of Jesus Christ. He is life. He gives life. He is the author of life. And without him, there is no life. And then he goes on to say, John said, he was with the Father and he was revealed to us. And then he said, he is the Son of God, Jesus the Christ. That's who he says Jesus is. So then if we are going to follow the science, we would ask the question, well, John, how do you know that? That's nice. That sounds great. How do you know that? And so John says, let me inform you of my experience. And here's where it is. First of all, he said, and notice the word we, not just I. We have heard him. Okay. We saw him. Okay. We touched him. Okay. 
We declare that what we have actually seen, we declare unto you, we saw him turn the water to wine. We saw him turn the fish and bread. We saw him raise the dead. We saw him. We heard him. We talked about him. We saw him when he rose up from the dead. Well, John, that's all nice. But how many of you saw him? Now just think of this. In a court of law, if you have an eyewitness and two or three people come to it, they say that's a fact. Now think about this. John said, well, there were thousands, but let's just take after the resurrection. 500 people saw him. Now I want you to think about it in a court of law. And the witness says, we saw him. He said he's the word of life. He raised him from the dead. We saw that he rose from the dead. We saw him. We heard him. Okay. Well, do you have anybody else to substantiate that? Oh, yeah. Can you see the line of 500 going out the court, courtroom? Okay, next. We saw the same thing. Next, 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 we saw the same thing. 500 people, I want to tell you what, they'd shut down the courthouse and say, there's no doubt about this. And so John is saying, this is what we've seen. Now, many of us can't say that we have touched him physically, heard him with our physical ears. We can't say that, that we have touched the hem of his garment. But there are many of us here today that could say, once I was blind, but now I see. I don't know what happened to me. When I knelt at that altar right over there, I was a confused young man I was, I was empty. I didn't know what my life was about. I didn't know where I was going. Didn't know where I, what I was doing. Didn't know exactly what I could do. And, and I felt empty inside. And, and nothing I tried seemed to work. And it just seemed like there was an emptiness inside. And that morning, I made my way to an altar of prayer. And I began to do what I'm going to tell you to do in just a few minutes. Confess my sins and ask Christ to come into my heart. I can't tell you what happened. All I know is when I got up from there, I was changed. And I knew that God lived in my heart and I knew that something from another world had touched my heart and had touched my life and had changed me and somehow that emptiness was gone and somehow there was a new sense of peace and a new sense of life within me. My friends used to say, David, what happened to you? You've changed. Yeah, I did. I changed is the power of Christ. If you'd have known me before I knew Christ, you wouldn't have liked me very well. You may not like me now, but you'd like me less if, if, you, if then. Yeah. Before Christ, I was all mixed up. Well, did I become perfect? No, ask Connie about that. That, that doesn't happen, no. No, no, no. But I tell you what I did become. I knew that God had touched me. And the old timers used to say, I wouldn't pay an angel a nickel 
to come down and tell me that I was saved because I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew in my heart. Amen? Well, we're going to listen to a testimony of someone, and I'd like to have Tom and Deb McKay, if they will uh, come forward at this time, because this person is kind of related to them. They'll tell you about it. He played for Ohio State. Amen. That's right. Yeah, amen. That's right. And, uh, okay, he played for Ohio State. He coached for Ohio State. Now, here's the problem. He was on the Rams organizational staff for a while. And that'll give you a little hint of who the Rams fan is, but uh, nevertheless. But anyway, Tom and Deb are going to introduce to you their son, and he is going to give a wonderful testimony. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm Deb, my husband Tom, and we are just delighted to share with you, introduce to you our son, Jared Barnes. Uh, on the way out today, you can see in the foyer, uh, a photograph that was presented to him from Ohio State while he was a player there. This is one of his jerseys. And um, amazing thing that God has allowed him to walk through the whole experience of playing um, for college at uh, Louisville and also at Ohio State. And I'll let Tom tell you a little bit more about maybe his playing experiences. But I just want to mention to everybody here today that my parents were missionaries in the South Pacific. I grew up on the island of Papua New Guinea, and there was a special word, a verse that God gave them when they were preparing to go to New Guinea. My mom said, Jesus, those people don't even wear very much clothes. I can't take my little children out there in the middle of the bush who even knows what's gonna happen. And the Lord said to her from John 15, verse 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I've ordained you that you would go and bring forth fruit and your fruit would remain. And to my great surprise, when we opened the video from my son, given his testimony today, that verse is part of the message he wants to share. My turn, okay. Uh, quick, uh, quick story about, uh, you know, how we, how we got, or how Jared got to Ohio State. Uh, he had actually been talking to uh, the University of Michigan uh, about going to school there. That team up north, yes, and, uh, uh, but uh, fortunately the Lord intervened. Amen. And, and, uh, and, and we uh, had some very good friends uh, who, the long snapper, Liam McCullough, and Jared kind of grew up together in Boy Scouts. And, and Jared actually uh, finished his Eagle Scout. And uh, so we, we met the McCulloughs and they said, why don't you check out Ohio State? Go talk to Coach Meyer and, and Coach Shiano. And, and you know, we did, and that's how Jared ended up. Uh, at Ohio State, thank the Lord, he didn't go to that place up north. So, uh, but we've been incredibly blessed uh, to have two wonderful children: our, our daughter, uh, and uh, who's now 31, and then Jared, uh, and he's he's done some amazing things in a very short 27 years. 28, he just had a birthday. That's right. 28 years. So, uh, so we just want to share that with you and. Uh, we just share our joy and our blessing. Okay. So, go ahead, Alan. Run that.
Good morning, Capital City Church. My name is Jared Barnes. I'm a native of Columbus, Ohio, but sharing this message today from Los Angeles, California. I could not be more excited to share how God has worked in my life on this Super Bowl Sunday. The game of football has been a huge part of my life. I started playing the game when I was six or seven years old uh, over in Franklin Heights. I played for a little league team called the Georgian Heights Packers. Uh, and I, I fell in love at, a, at an early age. At that point in time in my life, football was a huge part of my stability. It, it, it shared with me strong relationships. It shared with me mentors. It shared with me uh, a consistent team and body to be a part of. And there's so many things that you know, are similar between the game of football and our walk uh, each and every day uh, as followers of Christ. What I'd love to share with you, you know, along my journey are some of the things that I picked up along the way through the game, but really I've now taken uh, in my day-to-day -day life, not only as a man, but as a husband, um, and really you know, hopefully a leader in my community. And you know, as I thought about you know what it is I wanted to share, you know, first and foremost, wanted to to start with a, a scripture and something that you know has been very very important to me, um, uh, really through my experience with football was the fact you know that I, I felt chosen. I felt chosen by a specific coach. I felt chosen by a specific team. I felt chosen uh, for a cause that was greater than myself and really to push myself, um, to push my body further than what I, I thought was possible. And oftentimes in our lives, you know, we may not necessarily have that deep level of motivation, but you know, what God tells us and specifically uh, in, in John chapter 15, verse 16, and this is Jesus speaking, speaking he said, for, for you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. And so I wanted to share a reminder today that each and every one of you, regardless of your status, regardless of where you came from, regardless of what your job title may be, regardless of what kind of car you may drive, regardless of what team you will root for, uh, on the Super Bowl today, whether they win or lose, you have been chosen and chosen for a very specific reason. And why I bring that up in, I mentioned a little bit about my football journey. I, I took those steps from my, my days with the Georgian Heights Packers. Uh, I would go on to have the opportunity to first play at the University of Louisville in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, and then actually finish my football career at, at, at The Ohio State University. Played with a lot of great players, a lot of great coaches, did everything I possibly could to be the very best teammate and player I possibly could be. And, you know, I was always striving. Uh, I had dreams of one day being uh, um, having my name called on, on draft day uh, for the opportunity to go play in the NFL because I wanted to be chosen by a team. I wanted to have that feeling of belonging, that feeling of that, that my work, my effort, they mattered, right? That didn't happen. It, it, it didn't happen. I didn't end up um, uh, getting drafted. And it was an incredibly challenging moment in time in my life where I had to make a choice in that, you know, would I, would I dwell on the dream that I had or would I accept the fact that I was already chosen by God and appointed to do his work uh, here on earth, here um, uh, in this community that I'm a part of, here in my day-to-day -day, uh, in the workplace, here in my day-to-day -day with my wife and my family. I had to accept that. And, you know, in, in, the, in the context of football, in the context of NFL, that, that's an elevated stage. You may say, Jared, well, I didn't have aspirations to go play in the NFL, but I did have dreams that may not have come true. And so, again, I'm here to tell you today that you have been chosen. 
that you have been chosen, regardless of you know what may have happened with a career aspiration you may have had, regardless of what may have happened with um, uh, any other goals you may have. Those are all still possible. But what I'm I'm here to share with you is that that God has a greater purpose for you than that that you may not even know of, and it takes effort, it takes discipline, uh, it takes a a willingness to obey, and a layer of humility. That again, it, it takes a level of submission to God um, for us to accept and truly walk in that purpose. It's not easy. It was certainly not easy on the football field and the practice field each and every day. Again, played with a lot of great players and great coaches, um, whether that was Ezekiel Elliott, Joey Bosa, um, JT Barrett, Michael Thomas, Marshawn Lattimore, Malik Hooker, Von Bell, Joe Burrow. Uh, the list goes on and on. Quite frankly, I got to cheer for the Bengals. I have so many teammates on the Bengals. I got five teammates on the Bengals, Sam Hubbard, Isaiah Prince, Eli Apple. Um, I got to cheer, cheer for my guys. But in that point in time, I really had to pause and understand in that moment where my dream, my aspiration didn't come true, that my life was not over, right? Again, God has placed me here. God has placed you here, each and every one of us for a specific purpose, for a specific reason. So. This is your reminder that you have been chosen by God for a good work. Hopefully the Cincinnati Bengals can get a win uh, today in the Super Bowl. But either way, each and every one of them have been chosen for a good work as well. And so again, my name is Jared Barnes. Um, thank you for taking the time to listen to this. Thank you to um, Capital City Church uh, for the work you are continuing to do in the city. Again, I may not be in Columbus, but I can feel your presence here in Los Angeles. Thank you and have a wonderful Super Bowl Sunday. Now that's what you call a Super Bowl testimony. Amen. Uh, oh, I tell you what. Thank you, Deb. And thank you, Tom. Uh, we got in late last night and uh, they were still working on that a little bit, but thank you so very, very much. Well, as we kind of bring this message to a close, John begins to move then from we have experienced God's grace to how you or how others can experience God's grace. Now, all of you should have received one of these. If you did not receive one of these, and Connie, you still have some there, can you go get some? Okay, somebody will. Okay, Judy does. If you did not get one of these, would you hold your hand up? I tell you what, I want everyone to have one of these. And I'll tell you why. Everyone, it's gonna take more than, yeah, there we go. I want everyone to get one of these uh, little, it's called Steps to Peace. And it's from Billy Graham. I give these things out everywhere and everybody says, well, I love Billy Graham. I don't know anybody yet that doesn't like Billy Graham. If you don't like Billy Graham, I don't know if there's a place for you in heaven, but uh, nevertheless, uh, just keep your hand up. We wanna make sure uh, everyone's got one of these. And I'll explain to you why I want you to have it in a minute. So. Goes up front, our, our dear coffee lady, Kelly, who just got back from Florida. And uh, you look like you got sun on your face and you make 
and you make all of us feel bad. And uh, so, yeah, she just decided she wasn't coming home. And uh, so everybody got one of these? All right. I'm not going to read all of the rest of the first chapter, but if you go to the second half of 1 John chapter 1, John has already said in, in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 4, we are writing these things to you so that you may fully share our joy. We have experienced, and 500 witnesses, and now millions upon millions, have experienced the goodness and the grace of God, but we want you to know how to do it. Now, I'm going to show you some things. If you have your uh, sermon notes, if you'll turn it over to the backside where it's just plain, I'm going to give you a secret weapon. Uh, a secret weapon today. I was at Willow Creek Church while you get your sermon notes and turn it over uh, so you can write on it. I was at Willow Creek Church and we went out for lunch and came back in and all of them, every seat had a napkin on it. And I thought, well, that's interesting. We were going to do that today, but time just kind of ran out. And uh, every seat had a napkin on it. And when we got back in, they said, we've given you a secret weapon. Take your napkin. And I thought, oh, wow, what's this going to be? And they said, we want you to write down what we're going to show you. And you can show it or you can draw it to any person anywhere. So let me just say that John says in chapter 4, we're writing so you'll have our joy. He writes in 1.5, which we're not going to look at, but God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. And what that means is that God is holy. God is holy. And then it says, if we claim we have not sinned, we are lying and we are deceiving ourselves because we all know that we have sinned. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All right. Let's go to the next if we can. I, I think we've got that on there. God is light. There is no darkness in him. Secondly, that if we say there is no sin, is, do we have that or not? Yes, we are sinful, and our sin is separated for us from God. And then let's go to the third one, uh, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Everybody say, amen. amen. All right, I think we're ready to show you this little graph. Some of you may have seen it before, but it's, it's one of the best. So if you take your, your, your sermon notes and put on one side us, and put on the other side God. Just like that. Can you see that? Now put us on the left. It's very important. On the left. Us on the left and God on the right. We know there is us because we are here. And we know there is God for a lot of different reasons. But here is the issue. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I want you to look at the person next to you and say, you've sinned. Oh man, I feel bad about that. Now you look back at him the next time and say, I've sinned. I love to go through this with people when we do this. 
and I say, all of sin comes short of the glory of God. Who does that, who does all mean? Oh. Does that mean you? Oh, yeah. Does that mean me? They don't know what to say about the pastor. <laughs> I think so. You know, it does. We've all sinned. And here's what happens because we've sinned. We are separated from God. There is a barrier between us and God. And we can't seem to get to know God because we're over on this side and he's over on that side. So a lot of people try to get to God with a lot of different things. They try uh, good works. They try different things. But let me just tell you what, coming to church is not going to get you there. Amen? Being a church member is not going to get you there. Uh, giving money to the poor, we ought to do that, is not going to get you there. And here's the problem. Because none of those things will reach God, the Bible says that actually the wages of sin is death. And we understand that it all falls short and comes to the next phrase, which is death. We will die because of our sin. That's a pretty hopeless, pathetic place to leave it, isn't it? But Jesus Christ, God's Son, be sure you draw this now, is the bridge. He died for our sin. There is only one bridge that gets us across to God. And that's the cross of Jesus Christ. And so the Bible tells us that when we have this bridge, that we must make a choice as to where we are going, where are we? Will we cross this bridge and come to God or will we stay on the next side? So let's go to the next slide here. That where it comes to the point is, where, where are we? And let's go to the next slide. There we go. And to the next one. There we go. There are three little people up there. That's what I want you to see. And the question is, where are you? I talk to a lot of people, let's go back to the picture if we can. I talk to a lot of people and I say, are you on this side of the, of the cross here and saying, David, I don't want to hear about this, don't talk to me anymore. Mm, not too many people say that. A few, and if they do, I say, God bless you, that's okay. A lot of other people say, I'm not over on this other side, but I really wish I was. You know where 90% of the people tell me they are when I talk to them about this? Right in the center. And I say, well, you know what? We can begin to change that. Now, I gave you this little steps to peace because it, it basically says, and if you know God's purpose and grace in your life, Here's what I want you to do. I want you uh, to give this to somebody else this week. But if you're not sure, it shows this great chasm back here. And then it shows our attempts to reach God doesn't work. And then it shows the bridge of the cross. And then it shows 
our response is to receive Christ. For he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open, hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. Dusty came in, didn't he? That night when we were praying in the other room, you opened the door of your heart and he came in, didn't he? And there's a thousand people here that could just simply say, when I opened my heart, he came in. And, and there's a little prayer here. We're going to all pray it together in just a minute. But I want to go back. If you have this, I asked, I had a lady, and I'll be done here in just a second. Too many, too many stories to tell you. I was pastoring in Chillicothe. Lady called me and said, my mother is 96 years of age. She's in hospice care. And she's scared to death. She wants to know how to receive God in her life. Would you go? Sure, be happy to go. I can still remember coming into that little home. And she was laying on this bed, hospital bed, and could hardly move. I told her who I was. She said, thank you for coming. I said, I want to show you this little steps to peace from Billy Graham. Oh yeah, I've heard Billy Graham. He's really good. And so I went through all this. I said, do you know, do you understand that you have sinned? Oh, honey, do I ever. I know I've sinned. Uh, you don't have to tell me about that. I, that's why I'm scared to death. She said, I know I've sinned. I said, well, let me tell you. Jesus is the bridge. And if you just simply pray this prayer, you mean I can do it right now? I don't have to be in church. You can do it right here. Right now in this bed? Yes, you can. Oh, honey, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming. I said, okay. I said, I went through all of it, and I said, and I went to that little, that right there, I said, where are you on this little drawing? I'll never forget what she said. She said, oh, honey. She said, I'm back here, hanging on with my fingernails about ready to drop. And she said, I need God in my life. Let me tell you something. If you're here, standing on the edge, let me help you walk across it today. It's not hard. You don't have to be perfect. All you have to do is just simply pray this prayer. If you're in the middle, if you're on the far side, you say, you don't know how far away I've gone from God. It doesn't matter. No matter how far away you've gone from God, He comes to where you are. If you've taken a step of 10,000 miles away from God, He has gone every step to your front door and to the heart, your heart's door. And He's knocking today saying, will you let me in? He will not force his way in. You have to invite him in. You have to say, Lord Jesus, I want you to come into my heart. I want you. When Dustin was praying just the other day, I said, Dustin, after he prayed, I said, do you believe God would lie to you? He said, no, sir, I don't. I said, did you open your heart's door the best you know how? He said, yes, I did. I said, well, where is he? You remember that, Dustin? He looked at me and tears filled his eyes. He said, he's right here. 
He's right here. He's right here in my heart. That's what happens. Now here's what I want us to do. I want us to stand together and I want us just all over the, the house today just to stand together. And I want to pray this prayer and I want all of us to pray it together. Say, so, well, I've already been saved. That's all right. I want us just all to pray it together. But if you've never prayed it before, I want you to pray it in your heart and in your mind. And then in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to do something that Billy Graham always said. Said God never calls people secretly. He always calls them publicly. And I want everyone, after we pray this prayer, we're going to sing a little chorus that says, I have decided to follow Jesus. Words are not going to be up there, but you can follow on. They're not hard. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. And if it is your intention, whether you decided to serve the Lord 30 years ago or you're making a decision today, I want you just to come and stand here and we'll sing together, I have decided to follow Jesus. Now let me pray first and then we'll pray this prayer together. Father, today in Jesus' name, we thank you that John told us that he experienced the love of God. But I am thankful, Lord, that you tell us that we can experience your love if we simply, just simply confess that we have sinned and ask you to come into our heart. You have promised if we open the door, you will come in. We'll not be perfect. We'll still have mistakes. We still have to grow. We still have to learn. We're not going to be absolutely the greatest person ever lived, but we'll know we're forgiven and we've crossed the bridge from this cap to the next place where God is. So Lord, as people all over this house today and even online pray this prayer, some of them are going to be praying it for the first time in their lives. Others are going to be praying it that they've prayed it for many, many times. But Lord, will you hear our prayer today, whether in a living room, whether in a car, whether in a motel room, wherever they are today, I sense that, Lord, people are watching or will be watching all over the country today. And people that are here right now that are standing on the, on the fence and they're not sure, help them to just take that step. It says, by the grace of God, I want to decide to follow Jesus. So having said that, will you pray this with me? You can look at it on your, on your booklet if you'd like. Pray it with me. Dear God, I know that I am a sinner. I want to turn from my sins. Let's all of us do it together. I ask for your forgiveness. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe he died for my sins and that you raised him to life. I believe that he died for my sins 
and that you raised him to life. I want him to come into my heart. I want him to come into my heart and to take control of my life. Take control of my life. I want to trust Jesus as my Savior. I want to trust Jesus as my Savior and follow him as my Lord and follow him as my Lord from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time, I'd like for you to put the date and put your name on it when you get a few minutes here. But as we sing this little chorus and, and Olivia leads us, I have decided to follow Jesus. If that's your intention, whether it's been 20 years ago or today, I want you just to come forward and we're going to have a prayer over you before we conclude. Let's sing it together. I have decided to follow Jesus. If you're not ashamed of him, he will not be ashamed of you. Follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back. No turning back. One last time, the first verse. I have decided, is that your decision, to follow Jesus? I have decided right now to follow Jesus. Thank you, God, for my life. I am going to decide to follow him no matter what anyone else does. To follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. Father, you see these that are standing and those that would like to stand. And so, Lord, we pray today a special anointing of grace upon every person who has made this decision today. I have decided to follow Jesus. It may not make all my problems go away. It may, may not make everything in my life all better. But, Lord, I know that I am forgiven, and I know that you're in my heart and my life and I'm going to follow you. And though no one else go with me, I'm still going to follow. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to follow you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Let's sing it one last time. I, and let's just, after we get done, let's give God a great clap praise offering. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Amen. Let's give him praise today. Amen. I love you, Lord. 
I love you, Lord. I have decided to follow you. Wherever you lead, wherever it means, whatever you take, I follow you, Lord. Amen. As you go back to your seats, we're going to wait on you for the morning offering. Tell somebody, I've decided to follow Jesus. Amen. I've decided to follow Jesus. What a beautiful crowd. What a beautiful bunch. What a beautiful group today. Amen. Amen. Isn't this wonderful? Praise the Lord. We're going to have our ushers come forward, and they're going to wait on us for our morning offering. And I want to mention something uh, that we'll have someone in the back after this offering is over, but I, I just want to tell you something. In our church family, not in another family, in our church family, we had a family whose brother died tragically and unexpectedly. And so maybe don't put it in the tithes and offerings. We'll have maybe a, a bucket in the back afterwards just to give a love offering. This brother was very, didn't, does not have enough money to even take care of his final expenses. The family is here, and I so thank God for Krina and Otis. Would you stand for just a minute? We're not trying to embarrass you. We want you to know how much we love you. And we're going to stand with you. We're going to help you. We're going to give money so that somehow along the line, you know your church family. Is this his, his wife, girlfriend? His wife, would you stand? And I tell you what, here's God bless you. I want you to know we love you. Amen. And here's what the Bible says. We're not in this verse in 1 John, but here's what it says. So somebody that's in the, uh, the usher crew, just get a special bucket for in the back after we take the tithes and offerings. If you see your brother or sister hungry or naked, and you say, God bless you. How does the love of God live in you? We need to do something to help those that are close to us. Amen. And Krina and Otis, and I'm sorry I don't know your first name, but I want you to know we love you. And we are glad you're here and we're going to help you. So let's take the offering. And after we take the offering, then we have a few other things and we're going to be dismissed. God bless. Go ahead. Sing, do whatever you want to do during the offering.